0: Concussion Chats. My name is Taya. Concussion Chats is a podcast hosted by the McGill students for the Concussion Legacy Foundation with the help of Nick from Concussion Talk. We hope to provide hope and strength to those suffering from concussions through sharing experiences. Today, I have a recording of Alexa um, who talked to our support group. Alexa is a second year student at University of Toronto. And has been suffering from PCS for six and a half years, although she was forced to stop dancing. She's continued her love of performance by acting and singing in her room, all the while trying to balance school
3: life and her concussion symptoms. Um, So my name is Alexandra. Um, My pronouns are she her. I'm 19 years old and I'm studying at the University of Toronto. So Um, I wanted to start off by, um, explaining what happened to me. Um, so this happened when I was 12, so six and a half years ago, and I had just changed schools. Um, the school that I was at just, there was like some girl, you know, drama going on and I I, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. So I just decided to change schools. And so it was about two weeks in and I remember waking up that morning. It was April 14th and I remember waking up that morning and I looked outside and it was snowing or it snowed during the night and I just thought to myself this is gonna be a bad day because I was like why is it snowing in April like this just I just felt like something was off that day. So I went to school and the school is basically just beside my house. And so I would come home for lunch. And so I went home for lunch and then my mom dropped me off um, as she was going back to her work because she had lunch hour at the same time. And I, she, um, it was like, she had to leave early. So we were dropped off a few minutes early. And so I got to the playground and Um, it was a blacktop recess because it was snowing. And so I walked over and because I was new, I didn't really have that many friends. So I just kind of found some, some girls that like were nice to me. And then we just started walking together. And then basically I was just walking with them. And all of a sudden um, there was a soccer ball that hit me at the back of my head where it, it meets my my neck meets my head sort of yeah and i just remember falling and then i i i wasn't crying so i i thought oh like nothing's probably bad that happened and the girls were they helped me up and then and then the bell rang so i went to um I went back to class and then I was noticing that my head was hurting a lot and I couldn't concentrate. So I, but I didn't tell my, um, I didn't tell my teacher because I was new and I didn't want to feel like a burden. So I I just kind of kept quiet. So I told my mom when I got home and then she brought me to the walk-in clinic and then she, the doctor diagnosed me with a concussion. And then I, So then i went home and back then um, this was six years ago so the doctors told me to just stay home in my room so in in a dark room so i would close all my blinds and you know just sleep for all the day and now it said that that's one of the worst things you can do and you're supposed to keep going and moving but that was the science i guess back then so anyways so I had to stop. I was in grade seven. Um, I stopped grade seven. I didn't do grade seven. And then I didn't do grade eight at all. I just, so I was, when I went to high school, I was very Not clueless, but just some things in math, which you build upon. I didn't really know. So that was hard for me in grade nine. And then um also the one of the most like stressing parts of it was that i had to give up dance um basically i've been dancing since i was two and i would dance um when i was a competitive dancer i would basically spend my day at school and then from school i would go to dance from four till nine o'clock was basically my life, um, which I had to give up and I I didn't really get to say goodbye. And um, sometimes I practice, I try to practice dancing in my room, but then I I get dizzy. And then I have to lay down and it's just not fun for me. Um, Yeah, that's been really hard for me. And sometimes I just try on my point shoes um and try to do some things in front of the mirror but then i just start crying because i miss it so much um yeah so that that was really hard for me um i i have tried um i have tried dancing and physio trying to make it better but nothing's worked um but doctors keep telling me you know like just keep trying keep trying but sometimes it feels like I should just like give up trying in that. And so I went through, um, I'm still going through, but it was like severe major depression, um, just because I don't know, I didn't feel like myself. Um, And especially because I just changed schools, I didn't really have people that came and visited me and my family was out all day. so I didn't, I didn't talk to anyone, and I was just alone. So, even now during COVID, it's kind of bringing back those memories by not being able to see anyone and just kind of staying home, um, which kind of sucks. But um, another thing that I started doing was pulling out my hair, which has really affected me. Um, I I guess I do it. Because of anxiety, but I mean, I've tried to work with doctors, but they, they, n- nobody's really helped. Um, so I just find like treatments not really working for me. Um, so um, what I found is that nobody understands me, um, especially in high school. People would want to go to Canada's Wonderland, or going to ski, or all this stuff, and I, I'd have to say no. So a bunch of like missed opportunities, and I just felt really left out because I couldn't do things, and and they would still go anyways, and I would see it on social media, and it's just it was just hard to see because they were having fun without me, and you know, like, it's not my fault that I got hit, but like, it's something that I have to live with and, um, but yeah, it was just hard to see everyone having fun without me. Cause they didn't understand what I was going through. And even now, um, same thing. Uh, cause I can't do lots of stuff that other people my age can. Um, so also, I shared this in another meeting, but in February of this year, um, there was an audition for Disney on Broadway, Frozen on Broadway. And I like Frozen. As you can see, my Olaf stuffed animal. <laughs> um, but so I, I was like, why not? Like it was an open call. So I just I just went and I, I said, what the heck? Um, so I went there and the first day was singing and acting, so I did I did that, and then the next day was um, dancing, and so we were all in a studio and we had to follow the choreographer, and this choreographer, because it's 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 Broadway, so it's fast pace and all that, and I I was trying my hardest to do like to keep up, but I just started like when when there were turns I would just get dizzy and then I started bumping into other dancers and I just I felt ashamed like I wasn't supposed to be there like I wasn't good enough and 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 my head was killing me at that point after after spinning and trying to learn the choreography so I I ended up crying and running out and I just felt so humiliated and I went to my mom and I was just crying and crying. So that was not a fun experience for me. Um, I mean, I tried, I didn't succeed, but um, yeah, I, I, I did make it into the drama program at UFT, which is exciting. Um, we had to send in a monologue, which was good. I do have accommodations in school for, for moving, for movement and that, um, but yeah, this this whole, I don't know, I just really love performing and it just sucks that I can't dance um, and do that. I'm trying my best to learn how to act and sing so I can possibly do what I love. Um, but yeah, and Sometimes I just start questioning myself, you know, like, am I making this up or like, like, cause people, some people like say like, really? You still have it that happened six years ago, like stop trying, to, stop trying to milk it or that kind of thing. Which hurts a lot because there are people that I would think are my friends and then they just don't understand and yeah i don't know it's just it's just really frustrating this whole process and i don't think i've even though i've tried really hard to i don't think i've come to terms that it that it is my life because i don't want it to be so i keep i don't know i i'm still hopeful that that my symptoms will go away and that i can do things but it's just it's just really hard to, and I think because it happened when I was twelve, so I was I was really young, so I, I I feel like I missed out on a lot of opportunities as a as a preteen and teen, um, which also kind of sucks, um, but I, I'm trying to do the best that I can. Um, with what I've got. So um, yeah, that's that's all, basically. Um, did anyone have any questions or? Today
0: I have Emily, who is also part of McGill Students for Concussion Legacy Foundation, and Nick from uh, Concussion Talk podcast joining me. So what did you guys think Hi. of Alexa's talk?
1: Emily
2: yeah, thanks for having us Taya. Um, uh, it was such a such a vulnerable talk, and I think Nick said it earlier, very very intense um, I think that one of the th- things that I kind of liked about it, honestly was um you know we hear all these talks about the from people who are kind of you know recovered and comfortable from where they're at you know and she's just still really in the middle of it like she talked about how she just hasn't wanted to accept where she's at yet and I think that it's you know it's really eye-opening and a good reminder of what it was like to be at that point in my journey um and yeah where a lot of people still are at so I think yeah
1: yeah I thought I thought it was very really real really just honest and she was just she obviously has not as as Emily said, she hasn't really yet fully she's she's still in the midst of it and still going through it and it's it was great for me to hear from not great great dear, but it's, it's always not not great to hear it obviously, but you know, interesting to hear that. Someone from like I guess before they started recording a younger a younger person going through this as opposed to people I usually talk to or people who have been through it or are been older going through it. And uh yeah. but she was so young. She was twelve when she was and she had already had it at full time sound like before that, so it was it was uh it was just so interesting to hear that her her take on, on her life and her journey up to a very young life where it is now, so thought that was just fascinating stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also good to have um someone so like young also and like uh so that people that are young and get concussions they can also have someone to relate to because you're yeah. not gonna re- you're like 15 14-ish like you're a couple years into it you're not gonna relate to like a 30 year old exactly
1: know? No, um
0: so I think it's obviously not good that she no is going through this but I think it's awesome that she came and talked to the support group and shared her story and that we can turn it into a podcast. Um and, and you guys I
1: mean, said that she's she's been there for a long time now? She's been going to support her for been a while?
0: Coming for a little
2: while, yeah. Yeah. And That's I good. think that um I think she was one of the few and first people that I like really got to relate to who experienced it at a young age because I think Taylor we started were, and first, you were like
1: fourteen, right? When you're mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think when we started this group, we have a lot of
0: people who are at least 30. Yeah, Yeah. like, when when I really started support, it was all, like, real adults. Like, not university students, not, like, it was people that, like, had real adult lives before their injury um, that they were trying to get back to rather than um, people our age that we could, could you really relate to um and also just like the whole how she got her concussion um like being hit in the back of the head with a ball like yeah so random that points. also just like i thought about every time that i'd been not paying attention and been hit in the head with and a she ball. wasn't even playing <laughs> sports she
1: was just walking down the yeah, walking around school
0: yeah, she wasn't even playing sports at that yeah. point. Um, it was just like boys weren't following the rules. Yeah, Or <laughs> the words? And who knows? And, um, like, it's just so crazy because then I started to think about, like, wow, I wonder how many concussions I've actually had then. Yeah. Because I never thought about those things.
1: That's true. You don't think of those things. Uh, and I was I funny when she had she her concussion... Just talking about the uh, into, the emotions you went through when uh, still is, I guess, mm-hmm. and I can, I mean, even though I was 23 and I had mine, actually when she had hers, I was already I was already 11 years into mine, so give it, give me some perspective. But uh, she was, uh, I'm not, I might not be a concussion concussion per se. Had a, anyway. Um, yeah, her emotions, were, her emotions and her feelings about the whole, just her feelings about the situation were similar to mine as much. As, I mean, I know that the 12-year-old girl and a 4-year-old, 4-year-old man or a 23-year-old man. You know, it obviously would be different, but, I mean, it's yeah, still, it, it's similar. It's all relative. Yeah. You
2: know, and the way she was able to articulate all of um, the way she was feeling during that time was really, really impressive. I yeah. Think, me a very long time to be able to articulate it and I think that's I experienced a lot of the same emotions and experiences but um, I think Alexa and I are you know almost polar opposites in how we handled things I tended to go to the posit, positive tox, what is it toxic positivity yeah. um, about when I was like 19 where I was just like running from my feelings right like yeah. I was drinking and, and using and, and you know trying to bury it all, um, and I think it's incredible that at 19 she's able to say, you know, this is what happened, you know, she's using, like, ashamed, like, very, very articulate words. and
0: She's very self-aware, too.
2: Yeah, and it's so helpful to be able to um, hear that and understand that, you know, I was kind of running from all of those feelings, and it's still, you know, eight years later, I think I've accepted it somewhat, or most days, I feel. Mm-hmm. um I think her talking about and I think this is a really important thing um and uh why it's important to have a support group is um she was talking about how other people you know at some point started to think she was milking it and she was yeah. you know lying about it and I, I get that so much and to the point to where she felt like she was going crazy and making it up in her head you know, they got so in her head that at times she felt like that. And that's so incredibly relatable. Um, I mean, even, even my own mom was like, how are you still going through this? And I think it's interesting because she kind of phrased it as these people who I, I thought were friends. Um, but I think that sometimes what happened, especially with my parents, um, is that they were just so. The, the, it's the lack of education around it, and they just so couldn't grasp that I could still be going through this thing, you know. And it took them a long time to grasp that. Um, and oh, I always lose my train of thought. That
1: was a good. Uh... I,
2: I, I okay. Do you have your train of thought? Yeah. It's like they they so wanted me to be okay. And I wanted to be okay. So I was just like, yeah, yeah, it must be in my head. It must be in my in my head. And then, you know, then it's, then I'm thinking is it's it? in my head oh. and I'm not doing well in school and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm just stupid now. And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm just, I have a brain injury and I got, I got to learn how to work around it and it's going to get better if I acknowledge it. So I think like having the support group, having podcasts like you've been doing for so long, Nick, is just really, really important to hear um to, to be validated, to
0: have yeah. that space to be validated and, and I, I think the whole like feeling stupid and the whole like just like thinking you're dumb, like I definitely um that's the way I always felt and I always just thought um I was just stupid, I couldn't do it, um no matter like how much work I put in, I would never get the results that should like come from it. Um and I never thought about concussions or um anything like that like I the first time I really kind of linked concussions to um my learning and my mental health and all that stuff was when I started to run the support group um last May in 2019 and I was like oh my god like I'm not stupid. It's nothing to do with me. It's from concussions. That's why I have so much difficulty concentrating and um, studying and retaining all this information. And that's why I always have headaches. My head feels like it's going to explode. And that's why like, just all these things started to make so much sense to me once I finally did get educated on all the things that... Um, with concussions and then I also started to think about all the potential cussions that I had all the times that like I never thought about figure skating as getting concussions but the amount of times that I've fallen backwards in figure skating oh, is geez. brutal it's crazy um, yeah
1: that's just, one, one thing yeah. I noticed that these like I mean on my podcast and, and your your group and other any other groups I've listened to is how aware people like especially the younger generation is about concussions about what it does and mm-hmm. supposed to like when I was injured which I mean, I'm not saying I was injured ages long time ago you know long enough and uh, the, the attitude was just more of just uh, just like uh, it'll go away just spontaneously and just take some time yeah. and just it's not that long it'll take forever but it'll take but it could take forever and that was what yeah. I, that's what that's what I thought and uh, but seeing here in like they got Alex saying talking about her disappointment with disappointment with her with her dancing with her in a in a China for Frozen, like just oh my gosh, how young awesome. how that young is she so is and how
0: that is amazing.
1: How young she is and how how, how it just and just how
0: and she's so determined. Yeah.
1: How aware she is of of though so she has not she hasn't accepted her own hasn't really accepted it yet but she's so aware that it is an issue, an issue and a force in her life and I think yeah. that's very important.
2: And I think that sometimes like coming to this acceptance is you know trying everything you can try.
1: Yeah.
2: And you really got to do that to be able to accept and you know I uh, she hopefully will be able to dance again one day and it might take time and I think that's the scariest thing is we just don't know. Like, I so want to just like give her a hug and be like, yeah. You're gonna dance yeah. that whole time. I yeah. yeah. hug her. And it's like, I can't, it's we a, can't be like, You're gonna dance in a year. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. You know, it's so sad. And I, I think I almost teared up in the meeting when she was talking yeah. about I her thing without.
1: Yeah. And she's so young that it's not like it's. She can't, like, 18, and 18, 18, 20 is, like, two years, and you think that's forever. But it's not like, a blip. It's nothing in your life, right? People get confused at yeah. those times, like. And, I mean, well, obviously, I'm not sure it was in two years, there. Right? But, I mean, like, think of mean you just say 18, 20, but she's not even 20 yet. She's, like, what, she's 19 now? Is yeah. She? Yeah. So, I mean, she's just, like, those, the, the amount of times she has been, been like limiting that she can't she can't uh she can't dance anymore when she's, mm-hmm. she's older it'll be it'll still seem very insignificant not insignificant because the 19 ages in 1918 that age is very profound in your life but i mean still it'll be it'll be uh it'll seem very i do not say it seem significant but it'll seem very seem very short seem like not much of a yeah
2: yeah well, and I have to say, like, not only are like eighteen to twenty formative years, like twelve years old.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Your high school and feeling like you missed out, and it was so weird for yeah. me because I was cleared after nine months or something. But I just socially never had the same skills, and I yeah. had not. If
0: you think <laughs> about her, she didn't um,
2: she like didn't she, she dropped
1: grade, right?
0: grade seven, and she didn't do any of grade eight because of it, and yeah. She went from like grade seven to grade nine. Um, I can't imagine that because. And the whole new
1: a school crazy. atmosphere. whole new like. Yeah. Grade nine, she went to school with people who were 18, 17, 18 years old. Yeah. And like, that's just, that's got to be intense. I mean, it, tough deal it,
2: with. Um, I, I didn't, I have no clue how much school I missed or, or anything really. I don't remember that well. So I don't remember about a year of classes there. And it's kind of nice. like, just now in university, like basic like algebra messes me up so much because I just was so concussed when I took this algebra class, and for some reason I passed it. And I'm like, I was like, I guess functioning okay, but not putting it in my memory. Like I, but I can, I can feel these gaps, and she's right. It is like, it's difficult when you have those gaps. Um, yeah. and you're already kind of out of deficit and you already have all these crazy yeah. thoughts going on. Um, but I do think that it's amazing that at 19 years old, she is reaching out to the support group and she's kind yeah. of
0: supporting the work and be okay. yeah. Also another thing that was, um, super cool that was discussed in the support group was, um, another member mentioned that, like, they use dance, like, in a therapeutic way. Like, they stopped trying to, um,
1: oh, yeah.
0: like, they stopped beating themselves up for, like, not being able to dance in the way they used to and not being able to do it in the way they used to. And they started using it as, like, a therapeutic outlet. And um, they told us about a time where, um, I guess they – they were majoring in dance in school and, um, and the person had to create a dance and they had decided on this very, like what, like, it wasn't super fantastic. The person just wasn't really, man, like they didn't, it really wasn't what they wanted to do. And then when it came to the class, they ended up cathartically dancing and didn't do the dance that was planned, but dance, what they needed to do um and that person said like that healed them that performance um like once they performed it they were done with it like those emotions were done um and they could just go on and do the things as needed and that just like helped so much and they didn't realize in the moment that that's what they were doing either it was just like a like Body's just going on autopilot, um, and so we kind of talked about that and stuff, and that was super cool to talk well, about.
1: That is interesting. That is fantastic. Yeah. Of course, all so everything is very just personal. So I mean, again, like just every range is different. I have experience of range is different. So that's not necessarily the 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 overarching thing that exactly yeah. things happen for everyone, but it's just interesting to hear.
0: Yeah, it's super cool that you can um, find, like, an outlet like that, um,
2: yeah.
0: especially for someone like Alexa, where dance is such an important part of her life, um, and that person, like, I'm so glad that person was at the meeting and had that experience to share with them. Yeah, no, that's true.
1: Um,
0: I also um, talked about uh, MNRI. I guess it's um, some healing dance practice um, that they would mentioned, and so after the meeting, the two of them connected and talked about that, I believe. And it's just awesome to see that like people are supporting each other in the, yeah, outside yeah. of Emily and I and outside yeah. of meetings. And that's, ju- that just made me so happy.
1: <laughs> that is, that's, that's good.
0: Yeah, it is amazing. I
2: think in this, that peer to peer thing is so important. Um, Cause it is one thing to just have moderators that they're trying to help you—it's another thing to, have to build a community.
0: Yeah, and that's like kind of like what like the goal's been is to have that peer-to-peer support and just like I know like there's definitely some of it, but like to actually see it, like, it's very special, be so happy and like that was like, okay, all the work that I put in, all the all the resources, all the things that are done to make this like a thing, like. Oh man, so
2: worth it! So well, glad to that connection.
1: Yeah, yeah, you guys were saying. I'm asking you. You guys were saying that you've seen a lot. The groups are going getting bigger, and there's more people. There's a lot more just involvement in the group. So that's it's great here. Yeah, so that, awesome. We've
0: actually started a third meeting now. I noticed
1: that it's on on Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Facebook. <laughs> that, that when is that?
0: it's uh friday evenings at 6 p.m eastern time
1: i guess you'll you will mention that again at the end of the uh, end of this podcast so many times and so yeah so Um, so these meetings have gotten a lot a lot bigger they started off how big were they originally and how big are they now
0: well so in person um it would be like hit or miss like either like four people would show up or one person would show up or no people would show up and it would just be me by myself um and then like I started doing like uh painting events and those did better um but those were only like once a month sort of thing and then pandemic happened and we started with zoom and kind of like the same thing like it was kind of like uh sometimes no one showed up sometimes four people and then just like it started to get bigger, and then one day it went from, like, 10 people to, like, 16 people, and yeah. um it's never the same people either. Like, we do have, like, Repeat regular, customers, but there's yeah. so many people that just drop in, That's great. Um, and then they'll start coming, like, every once in a while, and it's just, like... It's always really- a
1: different mix of people. Yeah, we have,
0: yeah. like, pretty much...
2: On Friday, on Thursdays, there's probably six, seven people that pretty much come almost every week. And then maybe six or seven, to 14 more that'll show up. This, yesterday, we had somebody from England. Yeah. We have people all over the U.S. and all That's over so Canada.
1: Cool. Across the pond. Uh... Yeah,
2: yeah. And you just learn that, well, like you were saying, like every experience is so different, but the feelings are, you know,
3: the feelings yeah. are
2: spirit in England or Canada or the U.S. We had somebody from Mexico that was coming for a long time. Yeah, it's all everyone is able to relate, and it is really beautiful.
0: Um, yes. And it's, it's been—it's the, the one good thing to come from the pandemic was us starting these Zoom meetings. Like we're able to reach so many more people, and also, I mean, um, Canadian winters aren't really great. Like, <laughs> no,
1: like, really. Like, <laughs>
0: meeting in the winters was it was really hard and.
1: Well, Montreal especially. Montreal, Montreal just buries itself. Yeah, Montreal so goes, goes underground. It's yeah. Underground, yeah. Like it's all hills.
0: It's, the weather's terrible. <laughs> There's so much ice. Like,
1: Are you guys, I mean, well, I couldn't
0: not, how to
2: walk on ice for like the first two years. I just,
1: the <laughs> the Weather's new. The weather in Newfoundland is just disaster. Anyway, disaster. It, at the best times of year, yeah, but like Montreal, these yeah. Things, Montreal meetings have
0: been awesome like they've yeah. um like we've got people like that aren't even in Montreal like um we've got people all over Canada and then we've got people all, all over the states like now i would say that we're split pretty much 50/50 for um Canada and the, and the US which that, is
1: that's great
0: super cool um and cool. it's all people that you know they don't have that support in their area. So, so it's awesome. Social that they're media is helping. It. It us. Social yeah.
1: helping it a lot too, I guess obviously.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is one of the yeah. one of the good things I know social media's taking a bad rap. And I I kinda of give it a bad rap. not I don't personally give it a bad rap, but I think of it don't think of it so highly a lot of times, but it does a lot of good. I mean this is like these yeah. are support groups of, and this will as we're talking now on via Zoom or via Skype, Skype and, your yeah. uh, Zoom meetings and, uh, which of course not social media, but it's kind of, but yeah. Twitter and no, Twitter and Facebook. we
0: advertise
2: on social media, which is. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, social media is really how we get the word out. Yeah. Um, it's and awesome. it's really cool. Like Alexa is at U of T,
1: you know? Yeah. Um,
2: for anybody that is in America, that is University of
0: Toronto, not Tennessee. Um. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Toronto's not doing so hot now with the COVID situation. Yeah, they're so.
0: doing worse than uh, yeah. we are in Montreal.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes, so. Tennessee's bad. Yeah, well, uh-huh. yeah. Manitoba's also not doing too hot. Yeah, I think we're getting like 2,000 new
2: cases a day in Tennessee. Really? Uh-huh. Um, but anyways, what I was going to say is it's really cool to have Alexa jump in uh, because she is from U of T and I'm actually gonna to talk to some of the directors of their Concussion Legacy Foundation about yeah. starting a support group next week. Um, but awesome. you know, they don't have one there, so it's you know cool to get college students too from other places.
1: Well, Adina um, and I did a podcast on on Tuesday, and uh, yeah, I and saw pre-
0: Brainiac
2: so, so,
1: yeah. So Adina, Adina was Andrew Finger's and sister, and uh, that's DFT. UT concussion group. So uh, it'd be cool if you guys connected or Emily connected. And I'm trying to read yeah. these.
2: Yeah, I'm connected to them all.
1: Cool. Great. All right.
0: So I think that's the end of our discussion. Thank you, Nick and Emily, for oh. um, joining me today. Um, and a huge thank you to Alexa um, for talking to the support group again. We will have a new podcast posted Monday morning. Um, Our upcoming podcast can be found on concussiontalk.com, Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. You can find more information about our support group on concussionmtl.com. Our peer-to-peer support group is free and open to everyone. We hold three weekly Zoom meetings, which will be linked in the description. HeadCheck Health bridges gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada, who rely on HeadCheck to improve communication and optimize care. Visit headcheckhealth.com for more. The Music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. W